The Western Hockey League season is in full swing and the Two Paper Guys podcast has you covered. Hear reaction on news and storylines in Medicine Hat, Prince Albert, and around the league. The podcast starts right here, right now. Here's your host, Nathan Ryder of the Prince Albert Daily Herald and James Tubb of the Medicine Hat News. Welcome back, episode 13 of the Two Paper Guys podcast. Nathan and James with you as per usual. Today's special guest joining us from Saskatoon, I guess, is the team photographer for the Prince Albert Raiders, Mark Peterson. How are you doing this morning, Mark? I'm doing pretty good. A little tired after a couple games this weekend, but... Having to to commute to the Arthauser (laughs) Centre? Yeah. Yeah, Friday's not too bad, at least, because I'm already in town, but... Saturday, 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 you got to make the trip all the way from Stoon. Yeah. Is Sunday like a recharge day for you then, Mark? I know it is for me when I get weekend games. That Sunday, you just got to do nothing almost. Yeah, pretty much. Kind of just, yeah, relax and I guess kind of catch up on a little bit of stuff if I need to, but... For the most part, yeah, I just just kind of recharge and get ready for the next week. Yeah, and and, and I guess speaking of recharge, recently here, Mark, you and your partner Nikki welcomed your son Hunter there. So just kind of how how's it been being a dad so far? Oh, it's been great. Um, tiring, lots of work, especially when I you know work a full time job and then also work for the Raiders, right? So there's some long nights at work and then get home and some even longer nights. So <laughs> there's some pretty late nights, I guess. And then, but no, it's, it's really rewarding and it's a lot of fun and wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for anything. So you likely uh, won't have to outsource baby photos then. eh? I think you can handle that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been doing uh, quite a few of those since we, since we had them here in October. So, does he have does he have a little lacrosse stick or or camera yet? Uh not a lacrosse stick yet, but I've got him a couple little camera toys. So that was kind of one of the first things I <laughs> I made sure to get. So we'll uh get him get him a real one here in a few years once mm-hmm. he's kind of old enough to figure that out. So F- figure out how to use the lacrosse stick and I'm because I know that that's the other thing about that's the other well, that'd be the other sport you shoot primarily other than hockey would probably be lacrosse is for like for the teams in P, in PAA. Yeah, yeah, like I try to shoot as much as I can. Um, I mean, obviously I shot more this year. Normally I I play on both senior teams in town like the box and the field team, but I was out with injury there this year, so figured might as well just use my other skills to kind of help help promote the team and and I enjoy it too. It's a lot of fun. So there you go. But let's talk a little bit more about be, for, being a hockey photographer here in the Western Hockey League. But and I know how many years have you been? Is this your second or third full season with the Raiders now? This is my third. Yeah, because I guess you were one year before me. Yeah. Um, but but kind of what kind of got you started into into hockey photography in particular was it kind of this opportunity or did you do some other hockey photography before you ended up with the Raiders here uh it was this one um I kind of did a little bit of like well not hockey but just lacrosse with um with the PA lacrosse association there I was I was a coach for quite a few years so 
every once in a while I'd kind of bring the camera out and have a little bit of fun and whatever with that. And then ended up this opportunity kind of came up. So I jumped on it and, and yeah, it's been great so far. So. And you get this, you get most of the time you're in what we call, we call it the suicide box, but uh, it's basically the spot between the benches for those who are not, who are not aware of that uh, terminology, but just kind of, is that cut? Would that be your favorite place to shoot from? Or is there another place in the art Hauser center that you, that you really like to take photos from? Uh, I guess, yeah, that'd be my favorite spot. And mostly just because there's no glass. Uh, so you don't get kind of the, well, the, the glass isn't always clean, especially with, you know, the like snow coming up or things like that, or just puck marks and, and stuff like that right and we don't we don't have the the luxury of a photography hole at the art houser unfortunately so um but yeah so like that's kind of fun you know get a little bit clearer photos there and just kind of listening to some of the stuff that goes on is it's kind of fun but have you ever been hit hit mark sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but have you ever been hit between the benches with anything once well, oh I really? Ca- yeah, got it right, right in the cheek in my first year. <laughs> a puck or like... yeah, with the puck, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, it was kind of it's kind of funny actually. Um, so the it was in the third period against Edmonton, and the the play was kind of by the the blue line in front of the Raiders bench, and there's a bunch of guys. So like, thankfully, I didn't have my camera up. I kind of had it down because I there was nothing really to take photo of. It was just kind of a schmozzle of players there. And then all of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere, just bam, hit me. And I kind of fell over. And uh, Edmonton's trainer was kind of on the opposite, other side of the glass right by me. So he's checking right away. And that was when Mark Habscheid was coaching the Raiders. He came flying over and made sure I was okay. And so then – Everything was good. I wasn't hurt. It was kind of like, whoa. Just, and then, just a bruise? Well, not even. I was kind of upset, actually, about it. Didn't get a bruise, <laughs> black guy. Like, it was a little bit puffy for a couple of days. But, and so I kept that puck and just kind of as a joke. So then after the game, I, you know, put tape around it and first puck in the face, whatever, that kind of thing, and gave the puck to Mike Sissons. I said, you know what, just get someone to sign this for me. Just, just kind of whatever right like I don't care who so then it was a week or two later I was getting ready before a game and Mike comes over to me he's kind of chuckling and he goes here you go and it was uh Mark Habscheid signed it and then he wrote on it suck it up princess (laughs) pretty funny that 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 sounds like something Mark Habscheid would do I never see because Habby left like I think Habby left like three weeks before I got the job at Prince Albert. <laughs> so I never, I've never got to, to interact with uh, Mark Habscheid. So there's yeah. all, there's plenty of good Mark Habscheid stories out there. Oh yeah. It definitely is like it, between the benches. That's uh, I'm very lucky. I get, that's where I get to shoot in um, medicine hat and it is the best view as you mentioned, Mark, but it is, I've never had anything like that. That's scary. Like getting hit in the face. I'm glad you turned out. All right. I got hit in the shoulder with a stick by Dylan Gunther in my first year. So 
I'm going to hold on to that until Gunther makes a little bit more money. And then him and I walk out of a talk, but yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of duck dive and weave while taking photos. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like, I, I got to shoot. I've shot there a lot for the shooting Mintos and shooting Northern bears, but I've only been in there for like one period for the Raiders. And that's when you, that was, I think that was the one game. You had to miss their mark when uh, Hunter arrived there in October. Um, yeah, and I was uh, I I ended up on the between the benches there for the first period, and I'm like, I was like hyper aware that any time a player was like <laughs> anywhere relatively close, or the puck yeah. was relatively close, I'm like standing at the back of the box, the suicide box there. Yeah, it well, gets little. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it gets a little bit uh, scary sometimes, but. As long as you're kind of paying attention, it's it's not too too bad. And and you get to hear all the chirping that goes on too that you don't even at the Hauser, depending on the crowd and stuff. I can hear I can hear the odd chirp here or there from the press box just because of how small and intimate the Art Hauser Center is. Yeah. But uh, you get to hear every you hear absolutely everything at ice level. <laughs> yeah, I did find the first year I shot there. I was like, oh, I'll just stay at the front of the box and. If a player comes for a hit, I'll just wear it. And then very quickly it got close, and I was like, I don't get good enough dental work. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is crazy thinking. The the, yeah. the the benefits aren't worth. The benefits no. aren't quite there. No. What's um? You mentioned your Hauser, Nathan. What's it like to shoot in, um, Mark? And I guess Nathan, you can answer it too as well. But uh, just kind of how like lighting wise, and I've never been. So what's it like to shoot there? Uh it's not too bad. Like the lighting's pretty good now. Um, I shot a little bit. Oh, probably about. F- I can't remember how long ago now. Four or five years ago, pre-COVID, I did a. I shot a game, a Raider game, in their championship year, uh, playoff game for PA Tourism. And uh, at that time, the lighting was not very good, so there were some dead spots when. All of a sudden, you know, you'd have some good photos, and then all of a sudden, the next one, like, it was just weird lighting, and and then I think they had to upgrade. I think the 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 league made them upgrade or whatever. They had to oh, yeah. kind of adhere to some some little bit higher standards, and ever since then, it's I think it's pretty good anyway, um, as far as lighting goes. And then I I don't know. I kind of find it tough sometimes to get in certain spots just because of how tight and intimate it is um you know like i've shot a few games at sast health center and you you kind of have that little bit of extra space from where the fans are to the glass kind of thing where you can kind of sneak in if you need to Um, yeah whereas in pa you're kind of kind of sort of limited to a handful of spots if you want to get up right tight on the glass but but it's it's fun. Um, sometimes I try to do a little bit of different stuff and kind of walk around and try to find some different angles, and and they don't they don't always work. But you don't know until you try, I guess, right? So, and the thing, the biggest thing for me is that if I'm shooting at the Hauser, I have to shoot on manual. You can't shoot on like a pre on a preset or anything. You have to shoot on manual. That's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, yeah, I sh- I shoot all manual all the time anyway, but yeah, I I didn't at the start, so 
I could take a, I would just have like the sport preset on my camera, mm. and that didn't work. <laughs> I get yeah. like one. I get like one good photo out of twenty. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, you'd get and one. Then, and then I had shout out. The, the biggest game changer for me is I had a conversation with uh, Erica Perot. Shout out Erica Perot. But uh, we we had a whole conversation one day about like camera settings and stuff, and she kind of gave me a baseline about oh, yeah. what about what she shoots at because mm-hmm. she says it's different if she's shooting and she shot games for the Hurricanes in like Calgary and Edmonton though right those, and those are NHL barns yeah so it's different than shooting in like the Art House or Center and I kind of took took the base I, I'm not gonna reveal her ind- industry secrets here. But uh, I was able to take the baseline that she kind of goes for and make it work for the art house or center and get consistently good photos. <laughs> and then probably my favorite place to shoot is I don't because I don't get uh, I probably could if I asked nicely to be able to shoot the suicide box a little bit more. But I like to shoot at the Zamb- in the little triangle by the Zamboni door. Oh yeah, yeah. I see it down there quite often. That's like in the second period that the Raiders are skating straight at you, mm-hmm. and then if I'm shooting for, if I'm grabbing photos for James or Perry with Brandon, I can go there in the first period or the third period and get good quality photos if there's a good scoring chance over there. Yeah. So. So what got you into? Um... What got you into sports photography, Mark? Or like, yeah, just what got you into it? Uh, well, I've always kind of been into photography and stuff ever since I was a kid. Uh, and then, well, I've played hockey, played lacrosse, a little bit of baseball growing up. And so I've always been a, a sports guy. Um, and then I actually went to school for to do video. Um, and I worked a little bit little bit with uh, the with Shaw and the WHL on Shaw about, uh, 10 years ago or so um, and then after I left there I kind of I didn't have any gear or anything right so didn't really do anything and then it was I don't know how many years ago now then I I just decided well I was going to buy a camera so I bought one off uh, Kijiji, off some guy, and kind of got going from there, and then just being involved in sports. So it just kind of, that was just kind of easy for me to kind of do and learn. And and then, yeah. Good way to watch uh, sports for free and kind of enjoy it as well, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. What's What's been, if you had to boil it down to like a favorite photo you've taken with, with shooting the Raiders specifically, what is there any particular one that just pops out and comes to mind? Um, well, there's two actually, and they came from the same game, and they weren't actually Raider photos, but um, <laughs> it was against Brandon last year, and Grady Martin and uh, Matt Henry got in a fight. And oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so there's two photos that I kind of took after that, and, and they're kind of maybe not the best photos, but just kind of my favorite. But so the 
Matt Henry was skating off the ice. I can't remember if he, I don't think he got kicked out, but he was going off, off onto the bench to go back to the room. And so he's got helmet off. He's got the Mohawk and he, and I have a photo of him and he's spitting blood out and there's blood kind of, you know, in midair. So that one's kind of one of my favorites. And then um, in that fight, the one one linesman ended up getting uh, blood all over his jersey on the back. So I got a, a photo of the back of his jersey with the blood all over it. And I, th- yeah. I think I remember the one you're talking about because in this game, there was multiple fights in this game against Brandon. And <laughs> yeah. like there, there was one fight not involving Martin or Henry. <laughs> and... And they finally get things sorted out. They drop the puck as, and then they drop the puck again. The puck's not dropped for more than two seconds before <laughs> Henry goes at Mark because it was <laughs> it was Henry that very much instigated that that fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of a wild game. There's there's been some crazy games at the Arthouser Center, but I remember the ones with Brandon always got pretty heated. At least last year. I mean, yeah. the one this year, the one this year, not as much. Not not as much because uh, I think in that game it was the third and three and three for Brandon. So I don't think Brandon was as interested in all the extracurricular stuff as they no. as previously. But uh, it still got pre- it still got to be pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there still a shot you're looking for, Mark, or that you've like been chasing for your as long as you've been shooting? Like I know for me. I, the amount of times I sit there and watch an open ice hit, and I'm like, oh, man, that would have been a really good photo. Anyways, and just carry on. Is there a, a shot you're looking for still? Um, not so much really a shot that I'm looking for, I don't think. Um, an angle, I guess, would be a better better way to put it, which I cannot get in the Arthauser Center, but I'd love to get one from above like in the catwalk you know going straight down Um, yeah whether it's like over over top of the benches or over top of the net or you know something like that like you see some of the some of the people even in the whl have are able to get those but like especially in the nhl right you see some of those ones and i just think they're kind of cool and not something i would maybe want to do all the time i'm not really a big heights guy either but um, (laughs) just just to sprinkle in here and there yeah, or that'd be one where one day where I have a a remote camera up in the roof or something, maybe or something. I don't know, but that's kind of one where one day I'd like to maybe maybe do. But because yeah, I think I had one like that, um, I think I ran a photo like that in the game story last year. One of the team's photographers on the BC trip did a really good one from oh, like yeah. up top, from up top there. Yeah, I think it was Kelowna. Those cat, well, I, I love the idea of it. I'm just like, I think I would have to duct tape my pocket shut. <laughs> like, I'd just be worried about dropping something and it would end up on the ice or yeah. I don't know. But yeah, no, they, I commend people that get up there. I have no problem with heights. It's more just that like, yeah. just don't drop anything, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah. first game I ever went, what, in Saskatoon? Because you're significantly higher in Saskatoon than you are at the Hauser. So it took me a while to get used to that. 
how much higher you are in that because I'm not a big height. I'm a terrible heights guy. Uh, and like up in the gondola there where the where the radio guys are, like it took it it was pretty jarring the difference between that and and the view in PA. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, PA is pretty pretty tight. Actually I think you were saying there the one day, Nathan, when we were chatting, like when you're on the, the concourse of the art houser, that's like halfway up of the the seating in some of the arenas and yeah. in the other other places so yeah like you're probably not even a third of the way up the lower bowl in saskatoon when you're standing <laughs> when you're standing at the when you're standing on the on the top on the concourse and uh, in prince albert that's how like steep the seating bowl is and stuff yeah oh wow like that's kind of how i would describe it to someone who's not been in the art Houser center because it's different it's a different feeling i think for than any other barn in the league for sure yeah yeah i know like when I've gone to, I've done a couple couple of the games in Saskatoon here at Sastel Center, and yeah, it's a totally, totally different feeling. Like even even when you're in the suicide box or along the glass, like you, you're almost like everyone seems so far away from you as compared to when you're you're at the Hauser and you're kind of trying to dodge people walking around and things like that, right? Yeah, so. yeah, like. It's- when the art when the houser is full, it, it's honestly a little bit difficult to get around. <laughs> yeah, like when I have to go from, like if I go from my Zamboni door spot back to the press box, and the building's full, it could t- take me five ten minutes to get back there. Cause, oh yeah, because I mean I don't know if the like I know they had a ton of people there. Like I think the closest game they had to it last year was the Bedard game. Was the yeah. closest that they had to to a to the crowds that they had in the 2019 playoff run. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm like, is the fire chief just looking the other direction slightly or what? <laughs> so actually there's a funny story about, about that. So it, this was before, before my time, it was during the, the championship year there and people would bring, cause it was like all the seats were full there was like two or three rows of people standing. So people were starting to bring in uh, milk crates and, you know, things like that so that they could stand on them to get above the people that are standing in front of them. Right. And I can't remember like Mike Sissons was telling the story and I can't remember which team it was. It was, it was either Edmonton or Vancouver, like one of the last two rounds there. And there was somebody from the opposing team, coming into the rink and they saw saw some people bringing in some sawhorses and they're like um is that kind of isn't that like a, a like a fire regulation kind of thing and kind of like well i don't know why don't you go and talk to the to the fire chief over there and see what he has to say so <laughs> i not no longer allowed to bring in the the milk crates i don't think anymore after that season but <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't see them during the bedard game so who knows no. maybe if, maybe if the raiders make some noise in the playoffs here you could see the odd milk crate again <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's cool hearing that <laughs> seeing barns loaded like that yeah wow um do you have a player mark that like just seems more photogenic than others i don't really know 
or like I don't shoot the opposing team too much, but look for yourself with the Raiders, is there one player you're like, okay, I have seventy five of this guy, and now I got to shoot some other players? Um, yeah, well, like there's a few. I mean, obviously the the kind of more high end players. Like, I mean, I got a lot of you know Richie and Stanek and you know those kind of players that have the puck quite often, right? So just because you're kind of constantly shooting so sometimes it's well already you know there are some some players that i have the pretty pretty much the exact same photo like 30 times just kind of as i'm going through it's like oh well i'm not gonna not gonna save that one because i already have him pretty much doing the same thing three times last game or whatever right but yeah it's just kind of yeah it seems like just the kind of the more better players, I guess. And just cause they, they're, they have the puck on their stick all the time. So it's kind of a little bit easier. And then, yeah, like it's some of the guys that you know, obviously don't play very much. They're kind of tough to, yeah. tough to get. So I, it's kind of a pain sometimes when they, you know, you get like that 15 year old or whatever that comes up to play a game and you trying to get a photo of him for that game. And, yeah, they, they played forty five seconds. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of tough sometimes. I, I, Warm up I, photos better be amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think with the fifteen year olds the Raiders have, and I'm not sure if they'll get a look here, but if any of the first round guys play, I think they'll be playing more than forty five seconds. Like if Daxon gets a game this year, I think he'll play more than forty five seconds. <laughs> Oh, probably, so. yeah. Because yeah. that guy, like, that guy's going to be a very good player in this league. So I'm looking forward to seeing him full-time next year, and and he'll get uh, he'll get a lot of opportunity, that's for sure. <laughs> Did you ever have um, trouble, Mark? Like, I don't know if you were a fan of the Raiders or not, or anything like that, like, going from fan to photographer. I know I've I've heard people talk about it before. I'm just like, or do you cheer? I don't know. How do you kind of handle that? Um, I don't, I, I cheer, but I don't kind of thing, right? Like it's more internal cheering. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, I, I've been a fan of the Raiders, but not like, a. have been more like a casual fan growing up, um, like living close by. So. Like I grew up in in Birch Hills, which is only about twenty minutes, half hour down the road. Um, so I've been around the team, or they've been like the hometown team, right for for my entire life. But um, I've known known guys and played with players that have played on other teams. So when they've been playing with those teams, it kind of more cheer for them, right? So mm-hmm. I haven't really been a diehard fan, so it wasn't too too hard for me to kind of go from fan to photographer kind of thing. But I think I'm more of a fan now than I was before. Um, but yeah, I just like, you, you don't cheer, right? Because it's, uh, it looks bad, I guess, for one. But especially when it's, you're kind of, well, I mean, you're getting paid by the team, right? So. Mm-hmm. And you're right. And you're right next to the opposing you're right team. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it'd be too good if I'm cheering a goal and. Banging right on the glass beside them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'd like that too much. So, like, like, more, 
like a professionalism kind of thing, right? Yeah, so you're mm-hmm. not you're not you're not banging on the glass chirping Jagger Furcus from the suicide box. <laughs> no. So we, we hate to disappoint you. We hate to disappoint, but that does not happen. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably one guy though that if he did chirp, he would probably take it and be like, All right, I'll go score four goals now. Thanks for the yeah. motive. Like a Michael Jordan kind of thing. Oh yeah. That guy's so good. Like I, I love watching him play. Like there, there, is was there, a a... Game, there was a game earlier this year. It's and it's been fun to watch. That it's kind of like a side thing you need to watch if you watch a Mushja Prince Albert game. Is that Fergus and Goldsmith <laughs> have been chirping each other all year. And like anytime Fergus like there was a game this year if like Fergus scored like his second or third goal of the hockey game. And the first thing he did was turn around and chirp Goldsmith, and Goldsmith <laughs> shot the puck at him and took and took a penalty. <laughs> yeah, but it, it it's been a super fun dynamic to watch all year between Moose Jaw and Prince Albert. Is that there's there's a bit of a there's there's a bit of a rivalry there between Fergus and Goldsmith, but I but Goldsmith kind of does that with a lot of guys. Like yeah. he makes he makes sure a lot of guys know who he is, whether that's by finishing a check or kind of bullying them here and there, that kind of thing. You mm-hmm. mean, lo- lots of guys know who Terrell Goldsmith is by the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite um, player? Like, you mentioned watching Furcus this year. Like, obviously, Connor Bedard last year was his own show, but uh, mm-hmm. is there anyone that came in uh, to the Art Houses that you enjoyed watching or, and or shooting? Um... Well, yeah, I like Perkis. Uh, you know, like mm-hmm. Zach Benson last year. Um, you know, Connor Bedard was was kind of special to watch. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who else this year. Like, well, Tanner Molendike, he's he's quite the quite the player too. So, I mean, I don't know if I should be saying that with him being a, a blade, <laughs> but but uh, watch your tires. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know. I really liked watching um Kosa a couple of years ago, Sebastian Kosa with uh with Edmonton. Right. He was unreal. I mean, I'm a old goalie too, so I kinda tend to gravitate a little more towards those guys. But um Yeah. I Just mean, the, the league all stars kind of thing, I guess, right? It's fun to pretty watch much. the best yeah. players. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're kind of at you know, right at their level too, right? And you're kinda just seeing them and Seeing it from ice level is so different than seeing it from top of the seating bowl. Yeah. I mean, even like, well, last year when Seattle came, that was just <laughs> something different anyway. They, that was pretty much an NHL team, right? So yeah. it was kind of cool and seeing plus, some of those guys. And it was a special night, too, because that was Nolan Allen's homecoming game, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And the, I know the barn was... Like the official, the official seating capacity for the Art Hauser Center is like twenty five thirty or something like that, but there were like twenty seven hundred people in the building that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With standing room, I think they can get up to about close to three thousand. I think so. I thought it was like yeah, thirty one hundred or something like. That. I thought yeah, they, were, something they had like, like some some huge, huge crowds or something like that when they when when they can and yeah. I think we kind of buried the lead a bit. Uh, 
today's it's it's Sunday, December tenth, and you guys had the teddy bear toss last night, and obviously it was a very late goal for the Raiders. So, <laughs> but uh, Mark, just kind of how was teddy bear toss, and how much do you enjoy games like that where it's you're waiting forever for this spectacle, and then uh, it happens, and you better get the camera rocking. Uh, they're they're stressful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, like you know, I kind of usually have sort of a routine that I do almost every game and uh, games like that when you can't do it it kind of throws you off a little bit and then like I try to make sure I'm back in between the benches between every you know before the before each period there to so I can get onto the ice to to go and get the photos I need to take and you know anytime that you know in a game like last night there with the teddy bear toss and you're like stressing to get the goal and to get the celebration and the bears and everything. So anytime that they were kind of in the attacking zone, you're kind of making sure you're always ready and hoping that the ref or the linesman doesn't get in your way or something like that. Right. So. Oh, do they do that? Oh yeah. (laughs) Do the ref. Oh yeah. Yeah. More photos of them than any player. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of laughing there. I can't remember who it was. I think it was this year. There was one linesman that said, you know, if I'm in your way, to just just holler at me. And I kind of just laughed. He was like, you know what? Your job is a little bit more important than mine. You need to be in the right <laughs> position. You make the call. If I don't get the picture, then I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of time to get other photos. But, yeah, like those games like the Teddy Bear Toss and, and stuff like that, those special games, um, I think they're – you know, they're fun, but as like the team photographer or whatever, I, I find them a little more stressful just because there's kind of more work involved. Um, yeah. And you're, you're searching for your sh- like shots, right? And it's all yeah. just, yeah, it's, it's more, it's a more game for the fans. Definitely. Those types of uh, nights. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, with- they're great. Sorry, Nathan. And at least with the teddy bear toss for the Raiders, at least it wasn't like right after the ice got flooded, like, like <laughs> what James had to deal with in medicine. Oh, year. yeah. I almost, oh, I was talking, we were talking to Mark about it off before we started recording. And yeah, I almost fell a couple times. I just don't need that. I don't need to fall in front of like 3,000 people and try to get up. Yeah, because I don't think you have like the, like the, the, stud, the, the studs on, the removable studs on the shoe that uh, Mark has. No, the only kind of stud I have is uh, myself. No, um, <laughs> I was wearing dress shoes, so it was not good. So I just hovered around the bench, got some good photos, and yeah, we got uh, next year. We'll have to improve and get some uh, slide-on studs. Yeah, that's what that's what, and that like that there was one night that they needed like, I think there was a like Mark was had other commitments that night, and the photographer the other person they asked to shoot wasn't able to come to like the second period. So I had to come shoot like the first period I shot like the first period and like whatever other pregame stuff I forget. It was like billet family night or something like that. So I had to shoot a bunch of photos pregame and they gave, they did give me those uh, like, like a, like a set of those and of those like removable studs that go on your shoe. And I could not have probably done it without. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise you're doing kind of the, the penguin shuffle along the ice, trying not to fall and look yeah, silly. Yeah, and, and, and like the shoes I have are like 
that I was wearing are like a little bit older. So they're the the grip on them is not what they should be. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're they're a little worn out, but I still wear them. But it it was even even with the studs, I could I could be like, oh, I would just be a mess otherwise. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm standing like I'm standing there on on ice level as the play like I'm on the ice as the players are coming out like you like you usually are, Mark. Mm-hmm. And like I'm I'm trying to be mindful of of to be like okay I need to stand in the spot that I don't get run over by someone from the Moose Jaw Warriors. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's nerve wracking. It's like you got your head on the swivel there. It's a cool experience. Like don't get me wrong. It's mm-hmm. Being on the ice like just before a WHL game is like it was unbelievable. Especially especially in the Hauser because that's you can you be like standing on the ice there you feel like how intimate the, the building is just stand standing like standing by center ice there before the game yeah do you have um because even i even i get a couple questions about it and i'm not really i'm not really a photographer i just take photos from the newspaper when needed and um any tips for people that want to get into shooting sports mark or just kind of some things you've learned along the way that you maybe would have liked to have learned earlier anything like that um I guess it's just kind of getting out there, figuring out your camera, uh, figuring out just just how to take photos, I guess, is kind of the first thing I would say. And then, um, I mean, YouTube's a good help. I know I've watched countless hours of YouTube and things like that from different people to, to try to learn some different things. Um, then kind of once you get that, that it's just trying to kind of get your foot in the door. So, you know, whether you're, you know, you go to like a high school or team or your local, whatever minor sports team or things like that. And, you know, just kind of ask them to, to kind of let you shoot and you know, mm-hmm. kind of that's, I guess, kind of sort of how I got started too. Right. And a little bit different just cause I was coaching. So it was a little bit easier. So it was just kind of, you know, go out and do it, but, um, yeah. And then just kind of, when you get your chance, just take it. Um, the, those kind of jobs, you know, and kind of the higher up levels don't come around too often sort of thing. Right. So when you, when you get your chance, um, go for it. And sometimes you just gotta, just don't be scared. And I mean, it's kind of, it, it's stressful, right? Because it's, you don't, you have one chance to, to get the photo, yeah. and if you don't get it, then you can't just be like, okay, let's do this again sort of thing, right? But, um, yeah, just practice. Um, if you, you know, if you know somebody that does it, uh, ask questions. Hopefully they're, they're nice enough and kind of help you out. I know I was thankful when I kind of start, first, first started doing a little bit of the higher end stuff i uh i was i was so scared i actually one of the first first kind of real big uh job i got was i did the the world junior um lacrosse championships it was in saskatoon i think that was in 2018 mm-hmm. and uh 
the one of the people who were running it actually came across some of my photos and at that time I was mostly doing this kind of landscape and you know street photography kind of just whatever and uh he kind of found out that I'd played the game and and stuff so and he liked my photos so he kind of asked me to to come and be one of the staff photographers for the tournament and um I remember I was like pulled up to the arena for the first game and I was just shaking and you don't want to screw up and things like that and I was you know kind of get into the rink and nerves were kind of kind of getting a little bit better and and uh, I was sitting on on the bench for I think it must have been warm-ups or something and and uh, this guy Steve Hiscock who is the photographer for the Blades he was also one of the photographers for that event and he he came and he saw me and he said said hi and introduced himself and asked who I was shooting for and I told him and he said oh me too and I told him it was kind of my first time and he kind of he took me under my wing that week and I learned a lot from him and Brent Just and so that was that was good there so I mean if you can find a mentor that always kind of helps and yeah like yeah Steve Steve's great like yeah. I've I've got to, I talked to Steve Steve, was Steve in Big River this year? He might have been in Big River this year. Uh, yes, he was. And then he was also at the Warman game in the preseason and the home opener. And I got to talk to him on all three of those occasions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I've seen him. I've never seen him at the Hauser. And that would be and that'd be fun. But Steve is very, very friendly. Very, very funny. Yeah. Do you find is lacrosse harder to shoot than hockey or how do they kind of rank uh, against one another? Um, it, it is harder. I find, um, I mean, the outdoor stuff's lit. Well, even that's kind of tough too, just because you, you can't control the light with when you're outside, but it's, yeah. it's faster. Um, you know, it's a similar similar kind of game in some ways. So that part's not too bad, but um, like I know like indoor with in the box there, it's a lot darker, you know, with the, when you're doing hockey, you kind of get the little bit extra brightness from the white of the, the ice kind of shining, helping with the, the lights coming down. Whereas in with lacrosse, you don't have that. It just kind of dies with the floor, but um so it's, I do find it a little bit harder in that way, just because it's you know darker and then darker and faster. So you know mm-hmm. you're trying to, especially when trying to stop stop motion, you have to, you kind of really have to have a kind of pretty decent camera that can you know help with the noise and stuff. So, um, what are you? Are you Canon or Nikon? I don't know how, how we didn't ask this sooner. This will be a pretty decisive answer for everybody yeah i'm a canon guy wrong answer mark all right well it's good <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 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 also i'm also a canon guy yeah uh have you always been canon did you like or why uh do you like it over nikon or why i guess why canon um basically just because that's the camera i was able to buy for the cheapest at the time and yep. 
like when I kind of first got into it. And so then, you know, buying lenses and stuff for that. So then it's kind of, well, if I'm going to, when I was upgrading my cameras and stuff, it was like, well, I already have these lenses and stuff. So it's going to save me money if I can just use those instead of buying, you know, a whole new, a whole nother set with a whole new brand. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really know if one camera is better than like one camera brand is better than the other. I mean, Mm -hmm. some people, some people say they are, I haven't really used a whole lot else, I guess really, but that's kind of just why I, I went with Canon, but, um, you know, some of the new like Sony and stuff like that. A lot of, a lot of the professional people are using Sony's these days. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of why I went with Canon. It was cheapest at the time when I got into it, and it was just cheaper to stay with it. So yeah, I've got I've got a Canon Rebel T7i, and I had to buy it for college. <laughs> that's why I still have. That's why I use yeah. that, I, and I just got a new lens, and I got a new lens last Christmas, and that's what I shoot with because that's what I had, and cameras are expensive. Cameras are not cheap, unfortunately. No, Unfor- so, unfortunately. So I take it, James, you're a Nikon guy. Yeah, that's just. I'll be honest. That was the paper uh, camera I was given at the paper, and oh, I yeah. just use it. If it was, if I would have got Canon, I would have used it too. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, hard. I don't want to say hard out, but it doesn't matter to me which brand. But I like it. I don't know. It's yeah, uh, yeah starting to love photography more than i ever thought i would um, yeah it's it's quite the quite the art form and I, i've seen some guys i think steve does this but he has he has a two camera system yeah <laughs> is that he has like two cameras on him he has one with a longer lens and then one with a with a shorter lens on it so he can get whatever shot he needs That's... he needs really seems to be the veteran style whenever i go um to the circle k classic or big tournaments like that that's what they shoot with they got that longer lens and that short lens and good for them that's i mean that's their job and that's their entire business so it makes sense but uh yeah it's uh it's a veteran style i'll tell you that (laughs) takes some getting used to i imagine and then with christmas right around the corner here mark you can kind of use this to Give, give a little nudge to, to people who know you, but uh, what would be the best something not that's not going to break the bank that someone could get for for a loved one who's a photographer? What would be what would be on your on your wish list as a photographer for Christmas Christmas present ideas? Ooh, that's a tough one, especially when you're going with the not breaking breaking the bank thing. Yeah. <laughs> a whole whole new camera. Yeah. Um hmm. I don't know. You can I mean, never have enough SD cards. Well I was gonna say, yeah, you can always always use those or you know, card readers or um you know if someone doesn't have like a Adobe subscription or something, I don't know if they have like Kind of gift packs for that, or I guess any kind of whatever people like to use for editing. Um, 
Yeah, just little accessories even. Like um I know like I use some adapters and stuff like for my for for my camera. So like I I uh shoot mirrorless, but I have DSLR um lenses so the mounts are slightly different. So I use uh, an adapter to to be able to use those same cameras and those those aren't super expensive. Like, yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea, you know, if someone has it's kind of in that same boat. Um, yeah, cleaning kits are always nice. Yeah, those are always helpful. Uh, you can you you can get a lot of a lot of things. I was thinking maybe like I know you have like a flash that you shoot with or something, depending on what the light. Like if you know you're going to be shooting something, then it's dark in the rink. Mm-hmm. You have a flash that you'll shoot with. So I think that maybe something like that too. Yeah, even that like. I don't even have like a super expensive one. Like some of them can get pretty, pretty expensive, but I mean, I just bought mine on Amazon for, I can't even remember how much it was, but it wasn't super, super expensive. And that's, that's really handy to have, especially, you know, in PA, we don't really have the, the best lighting pregame with the spotlights and stuff. We're kind of limited. So that also always helps quite a bit with the, with, with that. So, I know the Dan Hodgson night, I, I wouldn't have been able to get some of the stuff that I got without my flash. So yeah. And that was, that was a very special night and it was like an eight o'clock puck drop instead of (laughs) seven o'clock puck drop. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything they really could have cut there. There, Not really. There wasn't anything there they could have left on the cutting room floor. They did the radio organization, Michael Sissons, Cliff Mapes, Kyle Costle and the whole team there did a great job of planning that it was very well coordinated and executed well i'm out of questions uh, for mark nathan do you have anything else or can we go let him be a, a dad or maybe get some extra yeah. sleep this morning <laughs> I, I i was thinking we, we we were about ready to wrap things up here so uh thanks mark for taking some time out of your out of your, your your morning here and uh for our listeners thanks for tuning in to another episode here of two, the two paper guys podcast we'll ho- hope hopefully get some more guests on here in the, in the, in the near future. So once, once again, there's plenty of other podcasts out there and we, we thank you for choosing to spend your time with us at whatever time of day you decide to listen to this uh, podcast. <laughs>